All right, we are back with the 111th uh, edition of the Quarantine Cast. I'm, uh, I have uh, Sasha Politnikov. I think I pronounced that correctly. Uh, he just got signed to the UFC. Uh, he'll be competing at UFC 256, 255, 255 um, against Luis Cosi. So I've been a fan of his for a while. So uh, without further ado, I'm uh, going to have him come on. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, how you doing, Sergio? Did I butcher your name? A little bit. Palatnikov. You're close. Palatnikov. You what's, the, what's the origins of that? Uh, Russian. Russian. Oh, okay. My father. So, uh, so man, how are you doing with the pandemic and everything that's going on? How have you, uh, how have you been holding up? Uh, pretty good, man. It's been a roller coaster year, that's for sure. Um, ups and downs, let's put it that way. I had surgery at the beginning of this year, um, and then COVID hit, and then I was like, what's going to happen? And... You know, I didn't think fighting would be an option this year when once COVID, once COVID, you know, came and, and everything was kind of shut down, locked down, even here in Las Vegas. Um, you know, but I just kept working, just kept kept getting back into my recovery, trying to get back in shape just in case anything, you know, did come up. And, you know, September, I was able to fly out to Dubai. And uh, even with what was going on in the world, it was, uh, it was a great opportunity to go out there and just uh, put on a show. And fortunately, I was able to get out there quickly in the first round and finish my opponent and get myself back here, got myself, uh, got myself management, uh, due to that win. And two weeks after that, we got that UFC contract. So, you know, I could have never, never, uh, I could have never predicted it this way, but I had like a little, like kind of side bet with a friend of mine. I was like, yeah, I'm thinking 2021, like six, you know, halfway into 2021, I think I'll get, I'll get into the UFC, but, um, I'm just so much happier that I'm here right now. And I'm still kind of taking in the, taking in taking it all in i'm, I'm not like 100 percent like believing that i'm actually in the usc right now but it's a day by day the interviews that i'm doing the i just entered the usada testing pool so it's like it's becoming a reality and uh i'm just excited and, and i'm just happy that my goals are uh, are being reached so how did you get the news that uh, you know there was an offer on the table from the ufc and it was a multi-fight deal um like I said, I basically, um, after my fight in uh, Dubai, I was talking with a couple management companies, uh, a couple couple companies that reached out to me. And, and the one that I'd been most, uh, most in contact with was Daniel Rubenstein with Ruby uh, Sports and Entertainment. And uh, he was, uh, you know, he was well, you know, well spoken of. People were saying good things about him. And I, I have some mutual friends who are actually represented by him. So um, I just wanted to kind of speak to a few people, see what they thought. And they told me only good things, so we signed that contract. And um, we'd been discussing, look, when when am I going to be fighting? And he said, look, we're going to try to get you a fight as soon as possible. And we weren't even talking UFC; we were just trying to talk any fight, any situation that would come up. Let's fight. Um, and it was when was it? It was like last. It was on Tuesday. Um, I got a text message from him, and he was like, "Hey, you want to fight on the UFC on the 21st?" I said, "Hey, let's do it." So. That's it. I mean, I'm a guy. I've taken I've taken fights on five days' notice with a torn meniscus. Like I'm the guy that's game to fight no matter what. So when an opportunity like this comes along, I'm not going to say no. So I'm just happy that it came along. You know, sometimes you just got to be at the right place, right time. But um, but yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm on a I'm on a bit of a momentum right now, a bit of a roll. So I'm feeling good. And I'm ready to go in there and uh, keep it going. You were scheduled uh, to fight, I think, on the 28th. Was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So kind of describe what the uh, the turnaround is. I mean, completely different opponent, mm -hmm. complete change of game plans and everything. Um, kind of describe the emotion when uh, when you got the news. Okay, you're different opponent. Um, you know, 
I, the, the beauty of this sport is uh, I don't really worry too much about what my opponent brings. It's, 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 it's what I bring to the cage and then how I have to adapt. Sure, I know I, I look at their fights. I like to see what, what they're good at. But at the same time, they have to solve me. I'm a puzzle that needs to be solved in order that, for them to be successful. So, um, you know, of all fights I've fought, regard, regardless of, of my losses, I've, I've always had, uh, I've had people in situations where they felt very uncomfortable, especially standing. Um, and it's usually the same equation. I hit you a couple times and then you don't like it. And then you try to take me down and I've been training my whole life to keep it standing. And, uh, if you take me down, I'm, I'm able to get right back up or put you on your back. So I've been training in, in every facet of this game for over 12 years. So this is something that I've just been on, you know, I'm, I'm a Hong Kong kid. People don't know me. So I've been putting in the work and, and any fight that comes, any opportunity that comes, I'm ready for it. Um, and look, change of opponents, five days, two days, one day, it, it, you just got to be ready. It's, it's, it's a mental thing. And if you're mentally ready to go, you're going to get, get in there and get the result done, uh, regardless of what the opponent change or, or what style they bring. You said people don't know you. Do you think that's, uh, that's favorable? Do you think that benefits you, the fact that people aren't familiar with you? Maybe they are overlooking you. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure going into this fight, I'm most likely going to be the uh, betting underdog. Um, so if you want to make some money, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I just uh, I just think coming in from a place like Hong Kong, no one, I mean, the average person probably doesn't even know where it is on the map. So just the fact that I can come in and represent my city and, and let people know who I am is, is, is an honor. And, and just so people can get a taste, get a, get a good little sight of what, what I bring um, is, is, is something that I've always been working towards day and day out. I've been in this game for a while now and, uh, you know, I'm 31 years old, so I'm about to just start hitting my prime and start hitting my career. Um, I'm excited. I mean, I know people don't like people that grab them and hold them and, and try to just ragdoll and decision people. I'm, I'm gonna go in there and try to finish people. I'm gonna go in there and put hands on people. And I think that's what people like to see. Um, I have a dynamic style. So if people enjoy that, then I'm hoping, you know, they're going to want to follow me and, and support me and, and going forward, we're just going to slowly take over. What does it mean to you to be able to carry that flag on your back? You're the first person ever to compete in the UFC uh, from Hong Kong. What does that mean to you? It means the world. It's huge. <laughs> uh, I represented Hong Kong in uh, rugby and basketball at the junior levels. And, um, you know, I, I, you know Hong, Hong Kong is home, no matter what anybody says to me. Uh, I was born and raised there. I went to high school there. I went to primary school there. You know, I did everything in Hong Kong. So, um, you know, it, it's a complete honor. And, and to be the first person to, to, to wear that, that flag into the cage and, you know, just, just to highlight Hong Kong, like just to, even if it's, you know, five people are like, oh, I didn't even know about Hong Kong. And they, and they find out something about it. That's awesome. You know, that, that's what I want. I want to put Hong Kong on the map and then also open up the avenue to other fighters in Hong Kong. Yeah. We, have, uh, we have prospects coming up now that, you know, in the next couple of years, you'll probably start to see. So um, I want to be that pioneer. I won my first uh, championship title back in 2019. And that was like the first ever in Hong Kong history as well. So like, I'm just, I'm just ready to keep on you know, breaking history, putting putting my name in the history books, and then hopefully I can, uh, you know, motivate young young fighters that are coming out of Hong Kong to just keep working because it's it's a hard process. I mean, fighting is is one of the hardest sports in the world, in my opinion, especially when you don't have support. Um, so you just got to be, you know, you just got to be gritty and you just got to be motivated to just continue working day in and day out. And um, and if I can just give people a little bit of motivation to keep that going, then hey, that's 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 a win for me. How does one uh, pursue a career in MMA uh, in Hong Kong? Like, it just doesn't seem, you know, when you think MMA, you think 
Brazil, uh, United States, Canada, even Hong Kong is one of the last places that you think of when you talk MMA. How does one pursue that career? I mean, first in like you can, I mean, Hong Kong has a system built there where you can compete amateur. Um, you can fight regionally. Uh, obviously now it's a little bit harder with COVID, but you know, usually we, they have amateur tournaments, shooto tournaments, they have all kinds of tournaments where you can have guys being developed. And, you know, Hong Kong is a, is a, has like the, the tendency to have smaller weight classes. Me being 170 pounder, 185 pounder, I'm like a heavyweight in that region. But, um, but you know, there's a lot of guys in the like 35, 45 region that are, are really talented, really athletic kids. And, you know, for them, it's tough because, you know, to be able to train full time and then also work and, you know, you know, you got your social life, you know, these things, these things you have to sacrifice, uh, you know, not going out, not having a social life is like one of the biggest things that you have to eliminate if you want to really pursue this this kind of career. Um, and then you just got to jump on opportunities. I mean, like you said, Hong Kong isn't known to have, you know, MMA shows or big fights. So if events do come up, you know, these guys have got to jump on them. And, and if they don't, then they're going to be left behind. And, and, you know, just, just for, for me to be that person, that's kind of, I, I, I mean, I've had, I've supported myself uh, six fights through my professional career until I got management. And, um, you know, I just was consistently like pushing myself daily questioning, like, should I be doing this? Like, cause you know, I've invested so much in myself, but at the same time, this is what I love to do. Um, you know, I, I have a computer science major. I, I was working in IT. Um, so this was not this was not like my end all be all. Like I could be sitting on a computer and keeping my face nice and pretty, you know. So um, but I love what I do. I love fighting. And it's just it's something that I believe I was born to do. And um, and I've never really shied away from it. Injuries, uh, you know, all the kind of things that you would expect to experience. Uh, I've just kind of just said, hey, let's just get past it. It's just something that we can overcome and then just keep going forward. You made a uh, huge sacri sacrifice back in December and you uh, you moved to Syndicate MMA. What has that done for your career? And describe the biggest change this past year. Oh, man, uh, it was the biggest big, – it was a big move to make. Um, so I was working in Hong Kong as a, as, a, as a MMA coach and personal trainer. Um, so, you know, working that and then also fighting, it, it was hard to balance because, you know, you, it's just it's, – it's, it's tiring, you know, you know, being on your feet five, six hours a day. And then you got to also put your training into it. It takes a lot out of you. And, you know, I, fortunately for me, I was working in a gym named, uh, it was named hybrid, hybrid MMA in Hong Kong. Great gym, great people there. And, uh, they were really able to su support me and help me. And, uh, you know, I was able to win my title in Korea and, you know, I just knew that if I really wanted to go to that next level, I had to make a big investment and, um, coming to Vegas, uh, one of my old coaches, Neil Melanson, who I used to train with at the Black Zillions back in 2016 in Florida, he was in Vegas and we, we, we remained in touch. And he was like, man, you should come out here. You can stay with me and uh, we'll get you situated here in Vegas. And I jumped on that opportunity and I thought, man, like, I, I have to do it. So packed my bags, uh, jumped on that plane, one-way ticket. And um, I've been here since. I was introduced to John Wood, the head coach of uh, Syndicate MMA. Awesome guy. Um He's he's helped me so much. I had a I tore my meniscus uh, after my uh, before my last fight in UAE Warriors uh, previously against Manir Lazez, and um, coming back into uh, Las Vegas, I spoke to John and John was able to get me everything I needed to get done for my surgery, and um, he was one of the most welcoming people. And you know the guys there that I train with, a bunch of animals, a bunch of UFC fighters, and 
you know, Bellator fighter. So it was just the environment was something that I was used to, like when I was training with the Black Zillions. Uh, Hong Kong, unfortunately, like I said, I was the heavyweight, so I wasn't really able to get the training partners that I necessarily needed. I would fly people in. I have some friends that were that were staying in, in, in Southeast Asia. You know, thankfully for them, they're really close friends of mine. So I would bring them in for my camps just because they were my weight or heavier. But, you know, it, it's tough to do that. And you can't always expect that from them because they also have their lives to live. So um, coming out to Vegas, being in syndicate, I loved it, man. Like everyone's like, oh, you got to be worried. You know, you don't want to go party, go crazy. It's not even my thing. Like, I don't like that at all. I, I just want to train. And I like to go up into the mountains. I like running in the mountains. I like, you know, I'm a nature guy. And then when the fight comes, let's get it. You know, that's that's what I, I'm excited every time I get in that cage. There's never an ounce of nerves nothing like that it's just that's what it makes me happy you know so i saw the uh, i saw the video of you i think you posted it today running up in the mountains it looked like it was freezing snow covered mountains yes uh, it was ridiculous where where, where where were you um so the so literally 25 minutes drive from the las vegas strip there's a mountain called potosi mountain and uh we went up there yesterday uh, i was with my strength and conditioning coach lorenzo pavlica and his son preston uh, with primetime performance, they're my strength and conditioning guys, and uh, my uh, pad holder and coach uh, Matthew uh, Polino. He's here uh, from Singapore. I flew him in here, and he's now my roommate. So he's been a huge part. He was getting me ready for my previous fight in Dubai, and uh, and you know he was there for my first uh, for my first fight in Hong Kong, and like now he's going to be here in my corner for my first fight in the UFC. So it's pretty epic. But um, yeah, they were like, let's go run in the mountains again. Let's go get it. And all of a sudden, we just finished breakfast, and it started raining. And he's like, hmm, I think there might be snow in the mountains. I was like, that'd be cool. We would go up there, and holy smokes, I didn't expect that much snow. I felt like I was in Montreal again. I used to live in Montreal, and I was like, god damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Halifax, Canada. So I if I the less snow I see, the better. I bet. I'm sick of snow. I don't want I don't want to live in snow no more if I don't have to. <laughs> oh man, it's it's brutal. And training in it, it's awful. Like battling my knees hurt, my elbows hurt, all the joints. It it's brutal. It takes forever just to get warmed up in that weather right now. Oh man, yeah, it's awful. Um, I want to talk about your your Manier Manier Lazez fight. Um, uh -huh. Is it a little bit bittersweet seeing his success? Was it hard being on the outside looking in? Like, oh man, maybe that could have been me. Um, he had that incredible performance. Um, was it was that a little bit bittersweet? And what's the biggest lesson you learned from that fight? Well, the Munir Lazez fight was a really interesting fight because, um, like I said, I'd had a torn meniscus at the time, but I was in training camp in Ukraine. Uh, I was uh, I was invited out there to work with uh, Lomachenko and Usyk's boxing coach, his Olympic boxing coach. My dad had contacts out there, so that's actually my father's hometown. So the the fact that I got an opportunity to go there and see my where my father grew up was huge, but also to go and box was incredible too. I was working with the uh, junior national team, a couple of their uh, couple of their up and coming, well supposed to be Olympic guys uh, in 2020, but unfortunately they didn't compete. But I was getting in there, getting good rounds in. And, you know, I felt good, and I was originally supposed to have a fight that was going to be six weeks uh, later in Hong Kong. So I was like, okay, let's just, you know, get in shape and then get ready for this fight in Hong Kong. But um, I literally received a phone call on five days' notice, and they're like, hey, we have a fight for you, Abu Dhabi, you want it? And I was like, hey, man, I've never been, I've never had that opportunity to fight in Abu Dhabi. UA Wars is a big promotion. It's up and coming. Um and I know I, I know who that guy was. I'd seen his uh, I'd been offered him uh, previously, but uh, it didn't work out. Something didn't work out, but I'd been given his profile. So I'd seen him before and I was like, OK, 
I, I understood what he was about. He was a striker. Um, so I was like, okay, let's do it. It's a risk. Uh, my dad, a couple people around me were like, I think you should get the surgery first and go back. But I was just, you know, that's just me. I just want to get in there and do it. You know, I don't, I don't like turning down because what, you know, if I turn that down and then I say, what if, you know, so I went in, I took it. I said, Hey, let's go. And, um, you know, I didn't even have a corner. I didn't even have a cup. I didn't even have fight shorts with me. So like all of these things were all just kind of last minute things put together to fight against someone like Munir, you know, it's not exactly the best, but you know, that didn't phase me. I had my, my boy Matthew fly in from Singapore. Uh, he met me there. So it was like, we didn't really get a lot of time to, to get, I guess, facilitated. But uh, going into that fight, I was confident. I felt good. Um, you know, Munir's a tough guy, you know, don't get me wrong. He's a good, he's a good fighter. Um, but you know, going in there, he was the home crowd guy. We were co-main event. It was very loud in there. It was it was, it was a great atmosphere. Um, and, you know, the, I can tell you about the fight. Going in there, I felt very calm, very relaxed. And I was moving in there. And, and I've watched uh, up until that point, I believe he was 7-1. and one, So he'd had eight fights. He'd never, ever shot a takedown in his life. In his any of his fights, of those eight fights, he'd never shot a takedown. So in my mind, I was thought, okay, this is going to be a stand-up fight. So as soon as we started moving around, you know, I could tell already he was a little bit anxious. He was very tight and he didn't like the way I was moving. Um, and he shot that first double leg on me and, and I was very surprised. But I got right back up and we got back to work. Um, and, you know, it was a back and forth fight. Not, not, not you know, 50-50, I would say. Uh, we, I landed a big shot. He landed a big shot. Um, I took his back. And unfortunately, just because I was dealing with the injuries I was dealing with, I just didn't feel strong on the ground. And I just didn't put in the work that I needed to put in at that point. Uh, to be good on the ground and I had control of his back and he just was able to sweep position just so easily and I was just disappointed in myself but to be honest with you I'm not, I'm not a sore loser look uh, he, he fought good but that referee stopped that fight early in my opinion um, you know I was in half guard protecting myself bobbing and weaving there was 12 seconds remaining and the ref called it um, he landed like two elbows through my guard I was okay I was there I never felt dazed I never felt hurt I was a bit shocked um, that they stopped the fight. But at the same time, I was respectful because I'm not that kind of person. Uh, who knows? At that moment, at that, at that time, you, you don't know. You might have been knocked out. So once I went back and watched the film, spoke to my coach, he was like, man, you were still there. You were fine. Like, strange. So, you know, and then he gets signed by the UFC. I'm like, you know, I'm like you said, feeling a little bit like a little bit down. I'm like, oh, man, like there was my opportunity there. If I had taken that scalp, I'd be in the UFC potentially. And um and then, of course, I tuned in to watch his fight, and he fought an incredible fight. He looked great. And it, it made me feel good, too, because um, I knew that I, I, nine times out of ten, I, I put him away. I know it. And um, and to see what he did in the UFC just made me know I'm just going to come in and do the exact same, and if not, better. And, um, and, and, you know, like I've been training with some of the best, some of the best fighters on the planet since 2016, and I know where I stand. And, and, and just, just to see that opportunity kind of – I guess dissipate, you know, uh, I was like, man, I just need to get myself back. So like I came and I was like, I need to stop trying to fight when I'm hurt. Just make sure, uh, you know, my body is at a hundred percent. I know how to fight. I don't need to go in there and break my body every day. So I just need to put, put some more emphasis on my recovery, put some more emphasis on taking care of myself. And the simple fact that I could go in there and, and feel good and, and not have to worry about, oh, my knee, is it going to give out? Like you don't want that. So um, when I came to Vegas, my whole thing was, look, I need to get my knee repaired. Let's get back to where I know where I can be. And then let's just get back fighting, doing what I do. 
So I knew being in Vegas would give me probably a better opportunity to get into the UFC just because, um, well, I didn't predict it because I couldn't predict COVID. But at the same time, being out here, I just thought, hey, maybe someone pulls out from a fight, gets hurt, short notice. There was my opportunity. And, I'm, and I have no problem fighting short notice. I can make weight in five days. So, um, you know, so I just thought to myself, if I'm here and I'm in that environment, you know, whether it takes one, two, three, four years, I'll get my shot. That's what I believe. I truly believed it. And it came a lot quicker than I expected. I kind of had a side bet with a friend of mine that 2021, like six months into 2021, that was when I'd be, a get, you know, get my call up. But, hey, nothing better than coming in a little bit early. So I'm happy about that. You've uh, you've competed throughout Asia. You've, um, uh, what was it, South Korea, mm-hmm. Abu Dhabi, uh, Hong Kong. What's it like to be able to say, you know what, I'm just competing next door? Like, is that just, is it a nice change to just wake bro. up, walk, walk there? Bro, it's amazing. Like I've fought, so in seven fights, I fought in six different cities. Um, I've only fought once at home, which was in Hong Kong, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I loved fighting at home. Um, but I'm always the B side. I'm always the away fighter. So, but don't get me wrong. That's one of the beauties of this sport, giving me the opportunity to travel the world and, and see different cultures and, you know, just being in a different environment. And, and also like, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So yeah. those are just one of those things that you're just like, and, and I never was uncomfortable. I mean, I fought a couple times in mainland China. I, I fought one time in mainland China. Okay. I was a little bit uncomfortable there. There were some pretty dodgy situations out there, but, uh, but you know, all my other fights, all the promotions take care of us and, and, and they make sure everything is good for the, you know, for the fighters flying in. So, you know, now that I'm here in Vegas, Oh, it's great. I don't have to get on a plane. I don't have to wear a mask. Don't have to do 85 COVID tests. So, it's uh, at least my nose is going to be feeling a bit better before the fight. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited, man. Like the goal as a kid, like I used to watch, you know, you know, big boxing fights and big UFC fights as a teenager and being like, man, I'd love to fight in the fight capital of the world, you know, Las Vegas, like, and frick, it's going to happen in less than two weeks. So, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. <laughs> that being said, um, there's a big, two big fights going on later that, that evening. I'm sure you'd want to finish things up quick and go back and, and watch them. But I have to ask you what your prediction is for that for that main event, uh, Davison Figueroa uh, fighting Alex Perez. Um, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting it on Figgy. I mean, that boy got power. Uh, but don't get me wrong, Perez is a very talented fighter as well. He can bring it. But uh, I got Figgy. I think Figgy's going to defend that belt. Um, he looked incredible against Joseph Benavidez in both fights. And he's, uh, he's a dangerous, dangerous fighter. And... Um, He's got some serious power for 125 pounds, so I think he'll get that W at the uh, at the end of the night. And then in the uh, the co-main event, I think everyone's writing Valentina's name down. How do you have that going? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty inevitable. Um, yeah, no, Valentina's an absolute monster. Uh, I've seen her train in, in a Tiger. We've crossed paths. She's a phenomenal athlete. Um, her and her sister. It's going to be kind of a cool card. I think it's a double. It's going to be the first ever brother and sisters fighting on the same card. Antonina Shevchenko, Valentina, and then my opponent, Louis, and his brother, Orion, are fighting. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I got info on, on Orion. He is he is out of the card. I think he's got oh. – I don't think that's out there yet, but he, oh, okay. he is out. But, oh. yeah, that would have been unreal. Right. Okay. Well, sorry to hear that for Orion, but um, that's um, – well, that's, that's, that's still cool, though, um, you know, see – to, to be and that's a cool thing too to be on a paper i mean i'm not going to be on the pay-per-view i'm guessing i'll probably be on the prelims but to be at you on ufc 255 where there's two titles 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's it's awesome. You know, it's not a fight night. It's not a contender series fight. It's a freaking pay-per-view. So um, no better way to start start this debut than hopefully when everyone's tuning in and watching, you know. All right. And then I'll, I'll ask you one last question and then I'll let you go. For people who haven't seen you fight, maybe they haven't watched your, your last performance or any of your performances overseas, what can you say about your fighting style? Um, I'm a striker. I love to be dynamic with my striking, a lot of footwork, a lot of movement. Uh, I'm a chess player, and I usually play against checker players. So it's something that uh, I play strategy. It's a mental game. I don't fight emotionally. Um, technique, crisp technique, something that I've been working on since I was five years old. So if you like martial arts and you like people getting put to sleep, watch my fights. All right. And then uh, any sponsors or anybody you want to thank before uh, before we end this? Um, I just, you know, I just want to thank everyone that's been supporting me throughout my career. If they're tuning in, uh, give you guys a follow at Quarantine Cast and, you know, Syndicate MMA, all my teammates, my management, Ruby, and and just everyone that's been a part of my journey. I, I appreciate you guys, and I just hope that uh, you guys tune in and you you follow my career and you enjoy uh, what I bring to the cage. And don't forget to don't forget to do some research on Hong Kong and learn a little bit. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I thank thanks again for the time, man. I'm looking forward to this fight. Um, it's 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 gonna be fireworks. I like both of your fighting styles, so uh, can't wait to watch it. Awesome. Appreciate your time, sir, Joe. All right, man. Stay safe. Thank you. All right, there you have it, um, man. I'm looking forward to this fight. It goes down on November 21st, so that's only like two weeks away. Can't wait for it. Um, if you haven't yet like, comment, and subscribe, and I'll see you guys next time.